You're listening to the Unstoppable E-Commerce Podcast. I'm Karen Parkinson. And I'm Megan Winter. It takes more than a great product, a pretty website, and some social media to have a successful online store. But you've probably already figured that out. So after a decade in the industry each, we thought it was about time that we shared our knowledge, experience, and wisdom so that you can sell more on your online store. In today's episode, we look at why some Facebook ads accounts do well and why some don't. We are going to share why we like to look at the success generated from Facebook ad accounts holistically and why it's important that you do this as well. We discuss all the moving parts that need to work together to ensure Facebook ad success. And we dive into the five pillars that we use to generate up to 30 times return on ad spend for our clients so that you can use this framework to either improve your own Facebook ads or to ensure that when you do start using Facebook ads, that you are ready for success. Now, before we dive in, if you enjoy this episode, we would love you to please take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories, tagging us at Unstoppable Ecom. It would absolutely make our day. It would also mean the world to us if you could rate the show and leave a review. This really helps with our ratings and will also help other online store owners find the information that they are looking for. So let's dive in. We hope you enjoy today's episode. So when you start using Facebook ads, you can have fantastic success with Facebook ads, but you can also flush a lot of money down the toilet. So it's really important to look at Facebook ads holistically. It's just another placement for a creative, for an ad. It is not some magic silver bullet that's going to save your business if everything else is not worked out properly. So we're going to have a look at our five key pillars that we look at when running Facebook ad campaigns and how you need to meet each of these to make sure that you have a successful campaign. So the first one we're going to jump into is the actual product. Yeah. So this one sounds kind of obvious, uh, but it is so critical that you are advertising a product on Facebook that meets a couple of criteria. The first criteria is that people actually want what you are buying. There (laughs) is nothing worse than having a product that you're trying to sell that people don't actually want. And we see this a lot. That's why we kind of put it in as our first pillar is you have to have a product that people are going to part money with to get your product. Does that make sense? Did I say that sentence wrong? (laughs) You have to have a product that people want badly enough to give you their money for. Um, So like I said, it does sound obvious, but you would be surprised or maybe not surprised because you've probably seen the ads out there (laughs) that are just trying to sell absolute crap. So you have I do not need a penis extension. (laughs) I'm not getting targeted with those ads. Why are you getting targeted with those ads? (laughs) First example I thought of. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, we will now because we said so Facebook hears everything and we're gonna get ads for that now. Great, thanks. Uh, Uh, You're welcome. The second thing is that your product has to have a healthy gross profit margin. So 
Facebook ads will rarely work for a product that is, you know, a $5 product or products that only have a 10, 20, 30% gross profit margin, unless you're selling an absolute bucket load of them. And even then, you know, you're not going to have too much gross profit margin. So we really recommend the sweet spot of 80% gross profit margin. However, if you're starting out and you're buying small quantities and, you know, you're making uh, things yourself and, you know, all the things, if you can have a 50% gross profit margin, that is a good place to start. And an $80 average order value is also a fantastic sweet spot or higher. The reason for this is that Facebook ads are not free. They are, as we said, they are just media. So they are media placement. They put your ad in front of people. So if you think of old media or traditional media, like outdoor advertising, magazines, that kind of thing, you would pay TV a lot of TV commercials. You would pay, if you go back and listen to our origin story, our first episode, you will hear all about Karen's experience with uh, those, but you would basically have to spend a lot of money to get, you know, some eyeballs on your messaging. Facebook Facebook ads are the same in the fact that they're a media placement tool. You pay to get eyeballs on your messaging. However, they are so much more sophisticated in that you can tell Facebook which eyes you want on your Facebook ads, but you still have to pay for it still have to pay for it. So having a good product, good profit margin that people actually want is the number one pillar. Definitely. Now, pillar number two is all about where you're going to send people from those ads. This is the destination. Now, if you've got a crappy website or even a good website, but it's just not doing its job in the fact that it's not converting, there is no point spending money on Facebook ads. If your website cannot sell people once they get there, Facebook ads will just be like throwing money at a wall. Nothing's going to (laughs) stick. So if you have anywhere under a 2% conversion rate, you're not ready for Facebook ads yet. If you're at 2 3%, fantastic, it's time to start. If you're at 0 point something, there is really no point starting yet. So you want to go back and have a listen to some of our episodes on how to increase your conversion rate. That's a really good place for you to begin because if you can't get the traffic to convert once it's there, it is not traffic ready. Maybe your website's too slow. Maybe you've got annoying pop-ups on there. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're just not giving enough trust for people to actually want to purchase your product or maybe your product images aren't great. There could be a lot of reasons why your website's not converting. So I'll leave that for previous us to tell you all about. But Mm -hmm. it is really essential that you tick that off first and that you have traffic ready website and the other thing is you need to keep the scent from your ads to your website so if you go and you have beautiful branding all over your website and it's all blue and gray and calm and then you have this facebook ad that's like bright pink and purple and the language is totally different and you send them through to your website and they get there and go oh am i in the right place this doesn't look (laughs) right um so you really need to keep that scent and make sure that what you're showing on your facebook ads is a similar look and feel to what it is that they're going to end up on on your website as well because otherwise confusion is the enemy and if people get confused think they're in the wrong place they're just going to leave uh, so you want to make sure that that all makes sense and they're not losing that scent along the way yeah it's kind of it's one of the biggest mistakes that people make they come to us and they say we want more sales we need more traffic, obviously. And we kind of say like, well, if you're not ready for that traffic, it really is just like turning on the taps 
not having any buckets in place to capture that water or at least very leaky buckets. And so there's no point. We can, yes, we can turn the taps on. We can get you more people to your website easily. However, if your website is not ready to actually convert those people, it's a massive waste of time, effort, money. The other thing with getting your site ready, you need to make sure that you're compliant, right? Definitely. And um, all of these factors make such a big difference. I had a call with our students yesterday and one of them was getting nearly a 10x return on ad spend. So that means for every dollar she's putting into Facebook ads, she's getting $10 back. Like anyone would be happy to hand over a dollar for $10, right? Um, But the difference between her campaign and another student's who weren't working is she had a 3% conversion rate on her website, minimum. She had some days coming into Christmas could be between 6 and 10%, which is huge. But a 3% conversion rate means that for every 100 people we send to the store on a Facebook ad, three of those people are going to go on to buy on average. So, the other person had like a 0.2% conversion rate and wanted to know why their Facebook ads weren't working. Wow. So it is really about making sure that you have that conversion rate, you've got that traffic ready website, and then Facebook ads becomes the easy part. I think so many people have heard all the success stories about Facebook ads that they kind of come in hoping that this is this the last thing that's just going to fix their business. It's going to be the silver bullet that makes everything perfect. And It can be, but you have to do all the other steps along the way. Mm -hmm. And just looping back to when I said a website has to be compliant. So when you're setting up your website, you need to have things like terms and conditions, privacy policy. When, as Karen mentioned before about keeping the scent, Facebook actually has bots that scan your website. If your ads are all about selling tea, but then your website is all about gym equipment, Facebook will scan that and it will know. So it will kind of give you a few red flags and it'll know that, hang on a second, are you trying to be a little bit sneaky and deceptive here? It'll also scan your website for things like before and after photos, things like do you have a privacy policy, things like, you know, are you using any words or language that are actually not allowed on the Facebook ad platform, it will scan your website for those same things. So it doesn't just stop with the ads. It goes right through to your actual website, so to the destination that you're sending those ads. Yeah, which is really important because obviously all these things and changes are always put into place because people do the wrong thing. So they might start selling something that can't be sold on Facebook like medical supplies and to make it so that or people penis go through. extensions. Or penis extensions <laughs> is their ad will be, like Megan said, something completely unrelated. And then when people click through, it's like, oh, there's that medical supplies I really wanted. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's important that you are following the set and um, actually doing the right thing. And Facebook checks for all of that. So does Google. So, yeah, it's really important that if you're just following the rules, you should be fine. Mm-hmm. So that's the first two pillars. So just to recap, we've got a really great product. And if you notice, we haven't even started talking about Facebook ads yet. So the first two pillars are a really great product and then a really good converting website that you're going to send the traffic to. So they're the first two pillars and you have to have those before you even start thinking about Facebook ads. 
for sure. And then number three pillar is the actual funnel. So these are your Facebook ads and it's all about showing the right message to the right person at the right time. Now we do have an entire episode all about the Facebook funnel. So do go back and listen to that one, but we'll just recap it now. So it makes sense in terms of how to get these Facebook ads right. And there are different stages of a funnel. There's the awareness phase, which is where somebody has no idea that you even exist. So, so just ad- to, sorry to cut you off because some people might be listening who don't know what a funnel is. A funnel essentially is a journey that people go on from not knowing you exist right through to purchasing from you. And the funnel just has different steps. If you think of it like an actual funnel where you tip water in the top and it trickles down all the way to the bottom and it you know comes out where you want it to come out. That's what we're talking about when we say funnel. Sorry to cut you no, off. No, very good point. Um, and yeah, picturing that funnel, there's always going to be a bigger audience at the top and you're going to have smaller audiences as you creep down. So we're going to start showing people ads for what it is that you sell, what it is um, that they might like about your brand and why they should even care about you. The next is sort of that interest education phase where people are actually starting to look at your website, but they haven't made any commitments yet. So they haven't added to cart or anything. Those people need a little bit more information about your brand. Then we have the decision phase, and this is where they're maybe going in and adding to cart, but they haven't quite decided to purchase yet. And these people, it's really about one, reminding them because they might have just got distracted or overcoming any objections that they might have about purchasing from your site. And from there, we want them to take action. So this is a different lot of ads going to those people who have a abandoned cart saying, hey, let's time to check out. This is where we can be a little bit more salesy than we would be to those people that have never heard of us before. We're not going to tell them to buy straight away because that's like telling someone on the first date that you want to marry them. So mm-hmm. it's all about kind of whining and dining the person all the way through the sales funnel until we get them to purchase. And then we want our loyalty and advocacy to come in. We love telling people thank you after they've purchased. And then we like getting them to purchase again, especially if it's a commodity. We do that regularly. Uh, And then getting them to share with their friends and getting their friends to buy as well. So there's all these different stages of the funnel. And one of the biggest mistakes people make with Facebook ads is they just put everyone in one basket and just put out a really salesy ad and like maybe you've got 20% off and we're going to send everyone to our website and tell them about that. But if someone's never heard of your brand, they really don't care that you have 20% off. So you really need to warm people up and move them through the funnel step by step rather than um, just putting everyone in one basket and hoping that your Facebook ads will work. So if you've tried Facebook ads in the past and they haven't, have a think about Did you use any of the other steps of the funnel and did you retarget them? And all of those things are made possible with the Facebook pixel and creating custom audiences on Facebook. So you can have audiences of people who have viewed certain products, not checked out, or people who have added to cart and not checked out, or people who have purchased as well. So Facebook's advertising platform, as Megan said, is really powerful because it allows us to show different ads to different groups of people so we can customize the creative, uh, use different messaging and really show them what they need to see at their certain stage in the buying funnel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, just to definitely go back and listen to the episode where we talk about uh, showing the right message to the right people using the funnel, because that will explain it a lot more. We're kind of just recapping it here. It'll dive deep dive into the funnel in that episode. So go and have a listen to that. But just to really simplify it for you, it essentially is the steps that people need to take 
to go from not knowing that you exist through to purchasing from you. And that's all that we're talking about when we say things like awareness, interest, education, decision, action, loyalty, which is buying again, and then advocacy, which is telling a friend. So really just simplifying it down, what you need to do is tell people at the right phase of that funnel the right message. And if you're telling people, hey, we sell shoes, if uh, they've already purchased from you, it just makes absolutely no sense. So using the funnel is such a powerful part of Facebook ads and getting them right. The other, I guess, mistake that I see a lot of people make, and Karen, you can probably talk on this a little bit more, is that they actually don't let Facebook do its job. So they don't let the algorithm do what the algorithm is built for. They try and micro-control and manipulate everything to the nth degree. So they will manipulate who sees each ad and try and make their audience so super micro-small rather than actually just letting Facebook do its job. Yeah, Facebook is one powerful machine, right? They have a lot of AI technology and they have so much data, not just the data they get from your website, but every person that's on the platform, they know what they like, what they don't like, what they've bought recently, what they thought about buying but didn't buy, what they had their eye on, what they've been trying to sneak, sneakily tell their husband they want for Christmas. They know everything. They know if you have kids. They know sort of what your income levels are because they know what your shopping spending habits are. So they have a lot of data and that can seem really super scary. <laughs> But at the same time, it's very powerful as marketers to be able to use that information to target people. So all we need to do with Facebook is be very broad about who it is that we're wanting to target and also where we want to target them. We don't need to say, oh, we only want to target them on Instagram on Tuesdays because Facebook will show the right person when they're on the platform. So whenever we're talking about Facebook ads, we also mean Instagram ads because it's owned by Facebook. It's just another placement of theirs. So when you're putting out your ads, you don't need to narrow down, as Megan said, to the micro degree of who it is that you want to see your ads. You can be quite broad, still segmenting those funnels like saying, okay, anyone who has um, been on my website in the last 30 days, I want to target. You know, you can break that down without having to then break that down any further. Mm -hmm. Yes, so anybody who's added to cart but hasn't purchased, I want to send right. them this message. So that's where it's really powerful to control your targeting is based on the actions that people have taken on your website. But getting those people to your site, you kind of need Facebook to just do its job. Let it do its job. It is a powerful AI machine. Yeah. So once you have that set up, the funnel set up, and you are really powerfully targeting people with uh, different messages at different stages, you then, the next pillar that we look at is the creative. So the actual ads themselves. So once you've got a great product and your website that you're sending your traffic to is ready, you've got your funnel set up, meaning that you're targeting people based on where they're at in their purchasing journey. You then need to set up creative that matches people where they're at in that buying journey. Not only that, but you need to have creative that is going to convert and do its job of sending people to your website. So your website's job is to convert those people. Your creative's job or your ad's job is to get people to your website. So there's a couple of elements that we like to look at here when we're looking for winning ads and winning creative. 
the first one is a thumb-stopping visual. So if you think about it, people are scrolling through their news feeds. There's so much information and there's lots of images and videos that they have. Yours needs to stand out, capture people's attention and to get stop them scrolling their newsfeed. If you think about every little thing, every little element within these five pillars, each one has a job to do. So like I said, the website's job is to convert your uh, visitors into sales. The ads are to get people to your site. The image or the visual that you use is to get people to stop and have their attention You then want copy that converts, so the actual words. You need them to convey the right message and it really needs to align with that target audience and where they're at in that funnel. Uh, So you need to make sure that you're telling them something that is relevant to them where they are in our in an episode that will link up to you uh, for you. We talked about how I checked out, I purchased something. And then that company sent me an ad that said, hey, you might like to purchase our stuff. Here's the discount. Not the right messaging. So go back and have a listen to that in, uh, episode. It's all about how to use the right messaging at the right time. But the other thing with the creative is you want to give people the type of creative that is relevant to them. And what we mean by that is image, video, slideshow, carousel, stop motion, boomerang, um, whatever it is. And people often ask us whether they should be using an image or a video or a slideshow or a carousel. And the answer is yes. Test them all. All of them. (laughs) (laughs) Test them all. Some people like watching videos. Some people like watching images. And it doesn't mean that those people are less likely to buy. It just means that you need to give people what they want and test. You might find that people buy more from your videos. You might find more that people, you know, your still images are better uh, to put in the lower, you know, to middle of your funnel. So you really just test and measure everything. And we'll get into that in a moment. And The other thing with the creative is, again, just like Karen said, you don't ask someone to marry you on the first date. So you need to tell them the right thing, but at the right time. So important. And also thinking about your audience that you're targeting. So if you are targeting specific groups of people, thinking we've got a client who sells baby mats. And if we're targeting mums, great. We want to show pictures of mums playing on those baby mats with their kids. But if we're then targeting dads, trying to get dads to buy, we want to picture dads playing on those mats. If we're targeting grandparents, trying to get them to buy them as presents, we want to show the grandparents playing on those baby mats with their grandkids. So if you're targeting a specific demographic, you want to picture your target audience in your creative. So make sure that you're not just using the same creative for all people. If you're running a fashion line and you're promoting your plus size range, but you're showing all your models that are uh, in your non-plus size range, that's not really going to convince me to click through because it doesn't match up with what you're saying. So using the right audience uh, that you're picturing in those videos and images as well. And stop motion videos have become very popular in Facebook. I find I stop for a lot of those in my newsfeed as well. So always testing new ways of um, getting people to, as Megan said, stop scrolling. We want thumb stopping creative. 
Yeah, and stop motions are essentially just like videos that are placed together from a bunch of still photos. So we'll link up a resource all about what that is in the show notes for you if you don't know what that is. All of our students have actually just were so proud of oh, them. Loving it. <laughs> gotten into stop motions. And um, like we have some students who would very happily call themselves technophobic and they are crushing it. So you really don't need to be technical or skilled to create some really cool creative for your ads. Yeah, for sure. And then once you've nailed that, so you've got the right product, you've got the funnel that's going to a traffic-ready website, you've got the creative sorted, then you can look at the data. So this is where you can test and measure, test and measure, because we've just told you to try everything, try all the different creatives, (laughs) but you can start to break that down. The best thing about Facebook ads is you can see what happened to every cent that you spent. So you can see exactly how many people clicked through, how much it cost you to get them to click, which country they were in, which state they were in, were they male or female. You can break down all the data so you can see, is my video performing better or is my carousel actually doing better? Which one are people actually purchasing from? How many people are adding to cart? How much is it costing me for that add to cart? And at the end of the day, you can see exactly how much money you make for every dollar that you put in, which is what we call ROAS for short. It stands for return on ad spend. So if we're talking about a 10 times ROAS, which means for every dollar you put into advertising, you're making $10 back in sales. That is a nice return to have. So this is a great way to pick up what's not working as well. So it can be great to see what's working well, but you want to know where along these five pillars is maybe a step missing or broken. So you want to look at the data and go, okay, heaps of people are clicking through on this ad. We're getting a really low cost per click, which likely means that you've got a good audience and a good creative. But once they get to the website, if nobody's adding to cart, no one's purchasing, it's like, "Uh uh-oh, something's wrong with the website. Have a look at your conversion rate. Are they converting? If not, that's where you need to fix. And opposite to that, you might have a whole lot of people adding to cart but nobody's checking out. So you might need to look at your retargeting ads for when people do abandon cart, but also is there something on your checkout that's not working? Especially if all of a sudden people are adding to cart but not checking out, you can go, okay, there's something in my checkout process that's broken or something that I need to go back and review. And if you've got an amazingly well-converting website, but you start Facebook ads and it's like crickets and no one's clicking through, There's obviously a mismatch there with your creative in your audience. Might be the wrong audience, might be the wrong creative, or it could just be the wrong creative for that particular audience. So Facebook will give you that data. It's all about working your way through it and going, where in this steps, the five steps, are things not working? Because we want people to click through. We want them to add to cart. We want them to purchase. And if something's not happening along that way, You can identify what it is, uh, put your little scientist hat on, go through all the data and work out where it is that you might need to make a change. Yeah, so literally from the moment that you start your online store, your online store, the website is collecting data. The moment that you start Facebook ads, your Facebook ads are collecting data. There is so much 
data that you have. And one of the mistakes that people make is they don't do anything with that data. Data does not lie. Statisticians do lie, (laughs) but stats don't lie. So you can use that data to really powerfully test and measure to see what's working, to see what's not working, to look at where the holes are in either your website or your ads or the pillars or your product or the creative or all of the different areas of your online store. Essentially, what you want to do is use the data as a source of curiosity. So if you look at your data and there's something not adding up, so like Karen said, people are converting on your website, but, you know, people are not maybe clicking through to the website from your Facebook ads. Just get curious about that. Is that telling you that your creative sucks? Is that telling you that you're advertising to the wrong people, like Karen said? And so you can get curious about that. A website is not a tattoo, neither are Facebook ads. You can change everything in an instant. So the beauty about having a small online store, and by small we mean, you know, you don't have to go through that hierarchical thing that a big corporate does where you, you know, you want to make a change and you need to put in a change request and then it needs to go to the board and blah, blah, blah. You don't have to do that with a small uh, online store. You can make changes quickly. So use the data to get curious, to test and measure Test and measure what's not working, but test and measure what is working. So, so you can do one more of that. example. <laughs> yeah, do more of that. One example that I just want to um, finish up with on that little, I kind of said like in our Instagram stories before, I feel like our podcasts are like half value, half me just rambling. It's kind <laughs> of like little tangents. Of- <laughs> That's us. <laughs> Pretty much us. Um But one of the examples is like we had a client where their frequently asked questions were going really well and that was a video type ad. So we said to them, do some more videos like this but answer the questions in just small snippets um, and use just like do them in a way that is really just non-polished, non-professional, like people are loving connecting with you as humans. So they did some little short frequently asked question videos and they now, when we talk about ROAS, have blown us 50, out of the water. plus, yeah. <laughs> we tell that to our industry peers and they're like, whatever, you're fake. That's not true. You're just like <laughs> Photoshopping the data and we're like, yeah, well, our clients, our clients uh, can see the real data. So that's all that matters. But it is so powerful to work out what, is working and do more of that as well as look at what's not working and stop doing that or test something else. Yeah. And a really great point that Megan hit on there is the difference between old school advertising and where if you read our origin or listen to our origin story, I wasted over a hundred grand in my first year. You don't have to spend, you know, two grand putting in a magazine ad and just hope it works. It's like being able to pause that magazine ad, go, hang on, I've only had it in there for two days. I don't want it anymore. Uh, I'm going to stop and get that money back. I'm going to use it for something else. Mm-hmm. You can stop Facebook ads at any time. You can see where your money's going. You can see if it's not working. You can stop, make a shift and change without having to wait for that campaign to finish. So it's mm-hmm. not like trial and error in that you have to invest a big amount of money 
wait to see if it worked. You can make changes on the fly. You can stop things that aren't working. You can scale up things that are working. You know, if imagine if a magazine ad went really well and you're like, oh, damn, I should have paid for a bigger ad and gone even harder. You know, you can start doing that straight away. If you're starting to get you know, $5 for every dollar that you put in, you're like, great, I want more of this. I'm going to put more budget towards that. So that was what makes Facebook so powerful uh, or any kind of digital marketing when you're in control is that you can stop, change, adjust and keep going and not have to waste any money. Imagine if you had a magazine ad where you could put it out and you could test like five different headlines, five different images, five different call to actions. You can do that with Facebook ads and you can put a very small budget towards each. So, and then test and measure it, as we said. So five pillars of successful Facebook ads are a good product with a healthy profit margin, a traffic ready website that is converting into sales a funnel, a properly set up Facebook ads funnel with ads that have good creative. And then you want to make sure that you're looking at all of the data and using that data to then strengthen all of the pillars as you go and just rinse and repeat, test, measure, make it better, repeat. Yeah. Do those five things and you're well on your way to having a successful Facebook ads campaign.